you're doing ESG now. You're just not calling it ESG. Obviously, DEI and social justice uh, become more paramount and more important in the corporate world. And those efforts are all a part of an overall ESG. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. This is Tom Fox. In this episode, I want to take up some issues around ESG structure and how you might think about your program. Obviously, ESG plays for the long term. And interestingly, one of the questions will be, will short-termism overcome the natural tail and length of ESG? The market still is quarterly focused, yet many investors, both private equity, venture capital, shareholders, stakeholders, banks, Financial institutions and even insurance companies are looking for companies that are well-versed to move forward in ESG. There are a number of important issues in the design and the implementation of any ESG program, and we're still waiting for SEC regulations, which will have a significant impact on them going forward. So I want to really explore structure and program, as I said, and as investor demand continues to be robust, what should the role of the board of directors be around ESG? In the face of many of these disparate trends, how are companies responding to established ESG programs at the board? Many corporate boards are tackling ESG, and I would suggest that they need to. From the Caremark perspective and shareholder derivative actions, as well as obtaining investments, whether those be in public markets or in private markets. Most companies have assigned responsibility for the oversight of ESG to the full board. I've explored in a prior podcast how different committees can handle ESG. Obviously, the audit committee is one, but that perhaps raises more questions than answers as audit committees are already overloaded with financial reporting And if they don't have a separate compliance committee, they may have responsibility for compliance and ethics as well. It could be problematic to add ESG. Whether you should, rather, I have advocated quite strongly that compliance needs to have its own separate committee. ESG could be a part of the compliance committee. But once again, you may want to have a ESG standalone committee reporting to the full board. What about ESG internal controls? Well, an ESG program has to be tailored to fit your company's risk profile. The company has to be able to identify, measure, and address all risks within E, S, and G. Obviously, the E is going to be more focused on climate and environmental, but this means understanding your company's environmental footprint and your risks. While most people will be attempted to assign this to the audit committee, Ethics and compliance has a similar responsibility and entails a really a similar processing and the risk assessment, designing of policies and procedures to mitigate those risks, and then implement, measure, and monitor compliance controls. Obviously, this tends to show how 
compliance really lends itself to either leading or being a significant part of an overall ESG corporate response. And then after you put these operations together, it seems to make more sense from an operational perspective to report directly to the board. How about measuring ESG? ESG operations entail a cross-section of corporate operations, environmental concerns, and social issues, as well as ultimately governance, the G in ESG. Companies have to identify those issues falling under the ESG umbrella and tailor an ESG program and then select key measures of performance. For example, in the social justice area, companies can craft a robust diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative across your entire organization, meaning at the board level, senior management, middle management, and employee level. To execute this, a company would have to devote significant resources to addressing DEI at every level of the company. A measurement of DEI would require a definition of objectives, collection of data, and disclosure of results. Regulatory disclosure requirements are likely to extend well beyond the concept of financial materiality. ESG disclosures open up an entire new set of standards and controls and requirements around setting proper disclosure of ESG-relevant information and performance. DEI is just one, remember. Climate change and environmental issues will raise an entire another set of requirements. Companies will have to determine what information shareholders stakeholders, investors, and others will focus on for the ESG evaluation process. Of course, I've already mentioned the SEC, but it's likely to establish some minimum requirements in this area. Most companies will exceed these basic requirements given the importance of shareholder and other stakeholder disclosures. Initial steps in these areas have occurred already as many companies are providing robust annual sustainability reports. Companies can build on these existing reports and create processes to layer in other ESG issues. Governance, institutional justice, institutional fairness are clearly within the direct wheelhouse of the corporate compliance function and the CCO. But investors and shareholders are demanding even more information. So what is your DEI policy? What's your employee retention rate? What is your talent acquisition strategy? And how does that dovetail into your overall DEI program. It's unlikely that a global standard for any of these will always will ever be set, rather, and corporate boards have a variety of disclosure options to pursue and innovate in this area. Obviously, this will continue to evolve over time. What about a supervising ESG committee to resolve some basic questions to build out your ESG program? Well, what are your ESG risks? But maybe the question is, what are your ESG opportunities as well? How is your company's ESG program tailored to fit your ESG risk profile? Have you done a risk assessment? Have you done a materiality assessment? I've talked through the ESG framework that Stephen Martin at Stone Turn created. And as I said, the last episode, we took a deep dive into boards. But what's the role in all of these? What types of information are investors, shareholders, stakeholders, and others demanding as a part of your overall corporate disclosure framework and your ESG disclosure framework? And how will you as a company collect, assess, and monitor relevant data and disclose key metrics to relevant stakeholders and regulators? If these questions sound familiar to you, Mike Volkoff says they are familiar to every corporate compliance program. And indeed, that's why I advocate compliance is uniquely situated and suited to lead a corporate ESG effort. 
as this new world shares many operational principles with a overall ethics and compliance program. Both ESG and compliance programs involve risk assessments, policies and procedures, controls to mitigate risks, leveraging ESG ethics and compliance requirements across the business, monitoring and continuous improvement. ESG programs have to be designed around three basic operational issues. Number one, information collection. Number two, accuracy and reliability of information. Number three, data collection procedures. Number four, coordination with the disclosure procedures. And five, testing, auditing, and monitoring the process to ensure accuracy and effective operation. ESG goals and commitments have to be set at the board and senior executive levels. These will have a direct and immediate impact on companies' operations, including investments, resources, business operation planning, All of these will be implicated by your overall ESG strategy. The ESG function will be charged with the implementation of ESG policies and procedures, data management, program evaluation, monitoring, and performance metrics. ESG will not only impact the bottom line of financial performance, investments, and strategic planning, but also many other parts of the corporate world as well. I've already talked about talent acquisition, but it will also be talent management resource allocation, information technology, of course, ethics and compliance, operations, and even cybersecurity. ESG planning has to include evaluation and independent auditing procedures, similar to external financial auditors and risk and compliance programs assessment. There will need to be a similar structure around ESG programs. Such assessments will extend way beyond information or disclosure reliability to put program design, risk evaluation, program operations, and coordinating with disclosure functions and overall accuracy. You have to document, 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 but that information needs to be correct. As the Securities and Exchange Commission continues to explore ESG, ESG reporting, and regulations around it, the SEC is likely to adopt some type of mandatory framework close to cybersecurity or perhaps even compliance. Whatever mandatory requirements are imposed, third-party assessments and audits will be necessary going forward. So I hope this kind of overview of a structure gives you some ideas. And you really see from this that the compliance function, I think, is most well-suited for many of the roles in the ESG. The other observation is, as I continue to try to make that you're doing ESG now, you're just not calling it ESG. Obviously, DEI and social justice uh, become more paramount and more important in the corporate world. And those efforts are all a part of an overall ESG. You're reporting to your board and indeed think about the board oversight back down. We've explored in other podcasts and in blog forums the role of the board under the Caremark standard from the state of Delaware. Well, how does that relate to ESG? Obviously, oversight is a critical function, and your board governance is a part of your overall G, or governance, in ESG. The Department of Justice, of course, has told us that the chief compliance officer and the compliance function are responsible for institutional justice and institutional fairness at a corporation, and this speaks directly to both the S and G in ESG. What is your uh, overall travel? Have you cut your travel down since pre-pandemic? I'm sure you have, but are you considering that as the reduction of your carbon footprint? These are just some of the things that immediately come to mind 
that could lend themselves to an ESG cue, but you're probably not thinking about them in terms of ESG. So these thoughts I had today came from a series of blog posts put out by Mike Volkov. I'm going to link to them in the show notes. So if you like more information, check out Mike's blog posts on implementing ESG programs.